0: I'm Colin.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: And this is Pet, pet Sitter, sitter Confessional,
1: Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. This episode is brought to you by Pet Sitter's Associates. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very exciting episode today.
0: Very exciting, indeed.
1: <laughs> it is our one-year anniversary of starting this podcast.
0: Who would have thought? <laughs> not, not us. Not us. Not us. <laughs>
1: So we are so glad that you have joined us today. If this is your first time, welcome. We really appreciate you taking the time. We have a whole back catalog of tons of interviews and episodes from the past year that we've really enjoyed producing and making for you guys.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, If you ever have any questions about a topic, maybe we've covered it before. Just ask and we can always point you to that or add it to the show list because there's always so much more to cover. So this episode, we wanted to take a step back from doing topical discussions about life as a pet sitter and answer some of your questions that you have for us.
1: So first up, we have a couple of voicemails that you guys left us. We do have a phone number. It's 636-364-8260. Feel free to give us a call anytime and leave us a voicemail.
0: Our first voicemail comes from Heidi. Hey.
2: Megan and Colin. This is Heidi with Heidi and Hope Pet Services. I just wanted to wish you a happy one year podcast anniversary and wish you congratulations. I don't think you guys realize how much you have helped us in the pet industry and all of the pet sitters out there. So thank you so much for having your podcast. One thing I've always wanted to know is your guys' story and what you guys did before you got into pet sitting and dog boarding and how you decided to do this full time. Again, happy anniversary. Thank you for everything. Bye.
1: Thank you so much, Heidi. We really appreciate you leaving us a voicemail. We also appreciate you taking your time in episode 73. If you haven't listened to Heidi's episode, it's really great. It's full of A lot of encouragement and wisdom from her story and her experience.
0: So a little bit about our backstory. I don't know how far back we need to start with this, but uh, Megan and I met as undergraduates at Missouri State University, and we got married and went to Texas to start graduate school. We were both in the sciences, and it was while we were at graduate school at Texas Tech when we started to pet sit.
1: Yeah. So back at Missouri State, we had actually officially met the first time when I was working in a lab sorting detritus from a nearby river. And I was working and getting paid. And Colin had come in to do some volunteer work for one hour. (laughs) The volunteer work, I mean, I appreciated like his, you know, it's very noble of doing volunteer work and
0: Megan thought I was quite a slacker, actually. Well, I was
1: just like, one hour? Like, really? Like, (laughs) just one time, one hour? Anyway. um, (laughs) but That that
0: says a lot about our relationship.
1: (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, from there, we had just kept in communication, and we both went down to Gulf Coast Research Lab down in near Biloxi, Mississippi, and spent the summer there taking marine biology classes because... Originally, both of us wanted to be marine biologists, and still think it's a really awesome profession. Mm-hmm. And so, we're both science nerds at heart. And went on to once we got married, we went to Texas Tech and got our masters, and then started dog sitting on a whim. From I had just seen an ad on Craigslist and had thought, oh, this would be a awesome way to make a little bit of money, but get to you know, play with dogs. And obviously not having had a ton of experience, both of us, we both, when our teenage years, we, you know, we were the neighborhood kid down the street trying to get experience. Obviously now being nine years into it, we know the full scale of what this job is and what it means. And it's not just something that, you know, just anybody can do. It's an actual business. And so we now take this very seriously and really have come to love this profession and everything that it stands for.
0: Yeah, all aspects of it too, of respecting it, yes, in the level of care given to pets, but also the respecting how it, what it means to run and operate a business, which I don't think Megan and I ever really saw ourselves doing or no. really envisioned ourselves as running our own business. That's not really something that nine years ago we would have envisioned. So it's, it's really cool to see how much it's changed, not just us, but um, our relationship too.
2: Our next voicemail comes from
0: Alicia Obando.
2: Hi, this is Alicia Obando with Pitter Patter Parenting in Chicago. And first I wanted to congratulate you on your one year anniversary of the podcast. I have really enjoyed listening to it and participating on one of the shows. Um, and I'm looking forward to your Ask Me Anything episode on Monday. The question I have is kind of of a personal nature, but you guys are married, working together in the business with children, with lots of different business ventures going. And I'm just wondering what you guys do to uh, keep yourself sane. What is your self-care strategy? Have a great weekend. Thank you,
1: Alicia, for leaving us that voicemail. And if you have <laughs> if you have not checked out her episode, it is episode seventy eight. She talks all about keeping kids safe around dogs.
0: Such a really good topic.
1: And thank you for your question. First, I want to know how Colin you would answer this.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a good one because. Um, Megan and I operate so differently.
1: We are complete opposites.
0: <laughs> so yes, uh, we have been married, running a pet sitting business for nine years of that. Um, basically four years now, we've had kids in it and we're always doing something. Um, I would say that how I keep my sanity is, is this is going to sound weird, but focusing on on little things that I have control over that kind of ground me to what's going on day to day, instead of getting lost in the chaos of the scheduling and getting lost in everything on the to-do list, really focusing down on action items that I can do within the next five minutes, 10 minutes, especially when I get really overwhelmed. Um, whether that's, I can clean the floor, I can do email, those little things I know help me stay on track. Maybe I'm I might be missing the point of this question.
1: No, I think you're right on track. And I would answer it the complete opposite way for myself. (laughs) Not surprisingly. Hey I my personality, I'm a I'm a type A personality. I I basically I thrive in chaos and I I love it. I I my brain is always active. I basically have a very hard time shutting my brain off, but I'm okay with that. And I I, I, I don't know if I would say I would like that about myself, but that, that's just how I operate. I feel as though I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing everything that we have going on because it is a lot. We do have kids. We do have jobs. We do have, we're pet sitters. We are podcasters. We are married. Just trying to function, you know, as the two of us most days is hard, but I feel like we do a great job of knowing when to take time for ourselves, whether that's watching a little bit of TV or sitting outside in the sun. I love doing that. Just I I, I love being outside and that really helps to bring me down when I need those moments. And also you, Colin, you really help to center me when I do start to go a little crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't happen very often. Uh, I was going to add to that on the being outside thing, I think since moving to Missouri, we've done a lot better job as a family uh, taking time out to go a weekend, to go somewhere, whether that's a creek, whether that's my dad's house in the middle of the woods, and just taking small moments to go live basically Uh, differently than the chaos that we normally have. And we try and do that every now and then, but we know we have that time to separate and recollect ourselves and just enjoy those moments outside of the chaos that is typically our lives.
1: But I love the chaos. So let's not change it. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Don't worry. The chaos will still be there.
1: (laughs) I love having so many projects going on. It, It really fulfills me.
0: I think that is a form of self-care for you uh, of when you are able to invest your brain and energy into multiple projects at the same time. It really, uh, Megan really does thrive in that. Well, thank uh, you. So, and and I don't, uh, I, I do, I have to keep up with her.
1: Well, which is why we have separate roles within, you know, every aspect, particularly this podcasting. So you do the interviews, you handle the emails. I handle social media Mm -hmm. and all of that. so
0: Yeah, and so part of that self-care is just recognizing where my strengths end and Megan's begin so that I am not overexerting myself so that neither one of us is approaching that burnout point because we're not trying to do too much outside of where our strengths lie at any given time.
1: Our next question comes from Auntie M's Pet Care, and she had an episode, which was episode 40. Her question is, how are you preparing your business for the next couple years with COVID-19 in mind?
0: So for us, I think there's two aspects to this. Uh, We went and we have been looking at our prices that we have for every service and really doing a hard assessment as to whether that that price really was what we should have been charging all along. And when we looked at those, we realized no, no, right. We we have been undercharging and chronically, it, it seems. So we have recently done a price increase. Now with that, we have been refining the services that we do offer, really focusing in on a very specific market, really focusing after people, uh, really and really honing in on exactly who our clients are and the clients that we want, so that we can maintain better connections with them. And know exactly who we are marketing to that are gonna fit what we want for our business.
1: I would also say that we are in the next few years, we're looking into moving again. And that's going to look very different because we have no idea even what next month is going to look like
0: <laughs> <laughs> as
1: far as the pandemic. But we're just kind of taking taking like you just said, taking a look at our business and kind of detailing it finally so that when that move does come, we can have processes in place of how we want to move forward and what we're going to do with our clients here.
0: And part of that discussion is what role we're going to have in the business in our next location. So whether we hire in a location ahead of time and start growing the business partially remotely and then move to the area and have a more hands-on approach. There's a lot of things up in the air, but really looking at uh, diversity, not just of income streams for the business, but number of services and broad locations too.
1: But before we get to our next question, as pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. PetSitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitter's Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitter's Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at petsitllc.com. Our next question comes from Susie Pet Services. She says, happy anniversary. What would be the advice for new pet sitters or dog walking businesses? That question is pretty tough right now. If we had answered this at the beginning of the year, the answer would likely be a lot different than it is right now because there is a pandemic going on and virtually every day is different from the next. It is pro- difficult to start a business right now. It, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's really difficult and it's if you offer and depending on the services that you offer. If you offer boarding and daycare, so they come to you, it's going to likely be a lot easier to get clients than if you're a dog walking business. Marketing your services right now for a dog walking business is really difficult because people are working from home more than ever, and a lot of companies are transitioning their workers home, some of them even for good. And so you're having to really work harder now to be like, "No, your your dog really does need a midday walk." Or you really need your dog out when you have zoom conference calls because you know he or
0: she barks. Yeah, I would say that that's just across the board. I will say that a huge positive that you have is that you don't have the backlog of cruft and old ways of operating that people have had in place for the past 5, 10, 20 years. You're coming into this business fresh with fresh eyes, fresh ideas and in the middle of an interesting time of increased opportunities and increased awareness of the industry you're able to from day 1 offer online classes offer online services offer new things new a new diverse set of services that somebody was starting five years ago, even one year ago, wasn't even thinking about offering. And the cool thing there is, is that the clients are more aware of not just the services, but the need for those services too. So when you are starting today, you have those services, you can immediately be meeting these needs in new ways. So I think, yes, it is difficult. It's difficult for everybody. But there are also some very neat opportunities moving forward.
1: And that leads us right into our next question from Scallywags Pet about advertising. She said, ah, help. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we could all use a little help in this area because it is difficult right now to get clients during this pandemic.
0: Yeah. And just wrapping our brains around what advertising even means these days. Does it mean flyers? Does it mean handouts? Does it mean business cards? Does it mean word of mouth? Uh, Does it mean uh, social media? Does it mean local Facebook pages? Yes, and all of that does mean advertising. And the key there is before you can even start advertising, you have to identify who your ideal clients are. Who would you like more of? And I think that's probably a step that gets missed many times when we start talking about advertising because we don't even know who we're supposed to target. Dog owners. Dog owners is what most of us think. Do, Do you want every single dog owner to be your client? No, no, <laughs> no. The answer should be no, in case you were wondering. You, so spending some time to think about, look at your existing clientele and go, if I could have my five best clients and make more of them, how would I do that? What would that even look like? And then start talking about, okay, if I know that, how would I target a Facebook ad? How would I do social media engagement on Instagram? How would I make a flyer? How could I incentivize word-of-mouth propagation, whether that's through discounts, whether that's through referral codes, then you can go down those paths.
1: Our next few questions come from Paws and Claws Pack, who we are excited to have on the podcast in a couple months. She said, do you have a most memorable interview?
0: <sighs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> 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 I... Ugh. Uh, This is going to be really hard, I I have to say, Um, because I have truly, every time I have gotten off the interview with somebody, texted Megan, run downstairs and gone, that was awesome. That was, this is going to be a great one. I, I am consistently learning from people when I'm on the call and have loved every single one of them. I will say that if you pinned me down, maybe the most influential interview for me, at least, was the very first one. Alex mm-hmm. and Beth from episode six, way back in episode six, they were the very first ones to get in contact with us about doing an interview. And Megan and I hadn't even thought about doing an interviews at that point, we had wasn't even on our radar. And Alex and Beth reached out and said, Hey, uh, we'd like to talk to you about what we do. Uh, they are nomadic house sitters. And I thought, okay, that'd be really cool. And we brought them on. And that just completely changed what I thought the podcast could be Mm -hmm. and how we structured it. So I I have to say that that first one really just changed this whole thing.
1: What's one thing you didn't expect to get out of doing this podcast? The community. Yeah. Really.
0: It, It
1: has been so supportive. You guys have been wonderful whether it's coming on and sharing your story, whether it's providing feedback on our social medias to other pet sitters who are asking questions. It's been so great.
0: I 100% agree that it's been the community that has been the most encouraging and surprising aspect of this. When we started this a year ago, as we have said multiple times, we had no idea where exactly this was going to go or exactly how this was going to turn out.
1: Yeah, I think we had the first 13 episodes planned out.
0: Yeah, and that was it. We had 13. And Megan and I looked at each other and went, okay, then what are we going to talk about? (laughs) But the people have been such a huge blessing and encouragement to, to us every single time We get to interact with you. We get to hear your stories, get to celebrate your successes as you, especially during COVID, as people started pivoting, offering new services, being able to reopen and just see the excitement in the industry and hear that in people's voices has been, I know it's changed me. I know it has.
1: Natalie Durack asked the next question and you can find her episode, which is episode number 57. She said, is there a particular person or company you really want to bring on the show? I've said this before, but who do I want to interview? Everyone. (laughs) 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 So uh, I just want to hear everyone's stories. But if I had to pick someone, I think I would say Hannah Branigan from Drinking from the Toilet podcast. She has an awesome dog training podcast. And we reached out to her last year. She said she was really busy. And I get that. So we just, I I would love to have her on and we'll hopefully we'll reach out again soon and maybe connect with her.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, trying to bring on some more people as far as people, the leaders of national and international organizations and getting their backstory. So hearing about their history in pet sitting, why they're so passionate about it and how they transitioned into being leaders for the industry. I'm really interested in trying to tell those stories to help encourage more people to start getting involved at that level too, because that's really where we're going to start seeing some good things happen and industry-wide.
1: Gina McGrath had said, can you share the technical aspects of your podcast? How did you get started? What equipment do you use? What platform did you use? Any advice for beginning podcasters? And thanks for sharing your podcast
0: with us. How much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: this is definitely your area the the tech part of this
0: i will I will try and keep this short, so um, I will say that getting involved in podcasting doesn't have to cost a lot of money, no matter what anybody tells you any of the gatekeepers of podcasting so Megan and I bought uh you can get out a pen and paper. we bought two microphones and two stands. The microphones are a t r twenty one hundreds they're actually been replaced. Uh, But with a newer version, they just painted it black. That's the only difference. This is an amazing microphone. It's really robust. It really cuts out room noise. And really, I think, I I like the way it sounds. And it's, it's insanely inexpensive when you look at microphones across the board. You really don't need to go much more than that, especially if you're just starting out and you are trying to figure out what exactly you want to do. And the reason I like these is because you can plug them directly into your computer with a USB. You don't need to have a fancy XLR interface. So again, it's really cutting down those barriers to entry. The next thing I'd recommend is a good pop filter. Uh, Those are very inexpensive as well. They're like $3 on Amazon. And a shock mount. Really important, especially if you're going to have it on your desk. We do all of our mixing in GarageBand because it came with our Mac, uh, we host the audio files on Squarespace. So if you go to Petsitterconfessional.com, that is a Squarespace site. It hosts the audio files there. You need someplace to store them once you've recorded and edited. Uh, and then we disperse it to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you're currently listening to this. And that platform pulls the audio file on and down- and downloads it to your phone, So that's basically the three steps. You need something to record with, something to edit, and then something to store and disperse the audio file. And I'd be happy to talk more about that and more explicit details, I guess, <laughs> for you if you have any more questions about that. And if any of you are thinking about starting a podcast, especially a local podcast... You should. You really should. And the big reason is that um, most of us have blogs for our business because it drives SEO. Google is now starting to catalog and transcribe podcast audio files, making them searchable from the web. So having one for a local community actually is a great way to build community, build connections, and have people pay for sponsorships on your podcast at a local level. Again, Meg and I would be happy to talk with about how to get one started up, some more in-depth specifics, and walk you through that process.
1: Our last question comes from Britt from Britt's Pet Sitting. She said, How is business going since COVID? What are you doing to drum up some clients? I feel like my biz has been in a little rut due to COVID, less clients traveling for pleasure and work. Wondering if it will pick up once the holidays hit.
0: That is the
1: million-dollar question
0: that, that I wish any you know if if you have a crystal ball hiding in your basement please break it out and start looking to the future and let us know what you see
1: <laughs> for us yeah i mean march march didn't hit us too bad we were we live in a rural part of missouri and so March was bad for a lot of people but it didn't really hit us until April. So April and May were really really bad for us. Then in June it started picking up and the past 2 months have been really crazy.
0: Yeah, it really has been. Which is in stark contrast to many parts of the country and parts of the globe too that haven't come out of full lockdown yet or maybe people in your area just aren't comfortable traveling. That's really the big thing is even once the lockdowns open back up, how comfortable are people in your area? going to want to travel.
1: And it also depends on your services. If you were strictly dog walking in the middle of the day and people are now home, that is definitely going to hurt your business. We do boarding and daycare primarily. And so our clients weren't traveling very much when it was really severe during April and May. But then once the summer hit and they could start traveling locally again and down to the lake and that sort of quick trips, During the weekend, we started to see business pick back up again.
0: Yeah, and Beth talked about that on a recent interview, the president of uh, Pet Sitters International, about how pet sitters and dog walkers specifically were hardest hit among the pet care industry because for those very reasons that you just mentioned, Megan, was people not going to work and traveling. I mean, those are two big things. And so looking ahead to the fall and into the winter... Who knows? Who knows, unfortunately, (laughs) um, just how things are going to pan out. And so taking the time right now to re- reassess the services that you're offering, your service radius, the prices, your branding, your clientele will all be good steps to put you in a good position for you know really whatever happens. And saving, cutting expenses, all of those techniques and practices are so important right now because we don't know what the future holds. So I wish we could say there was a clear answer and that as soon as the holidays hit, everyone's going to be traveling again, but it's so hard to tell.
1: So we wanted to thank you all for submitting your questions. And if you have any more for us, please let us know. We would be happy to answer them. There is a lot to celebrate with our one-year episode. And with that, we got our first Patreon supporter, whose name is Jennifer Perez. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And if you don't know what Patreon is,
0: Patreon is a way of supporting us financially. So if you have found value in our episodes in our interviews and the content that we're producing uh, and feel like you would like to support us financially, now we have a way to do that. It's called Patreon, and there'll be a link for that in the show notes and on our website as well for you to go out and check and see what that is. There are a couple different levels, and Megan and I want to tell you that we are going to continue producing this podcast. Um for as long as we can. At least
1: the next 50 years. At least...
0: (laughs) And, and and that that is our that is our, our heartfelt commitment to doing this is to telling everybody's story possible and um, by supporting us financially that that helps make that easier uh, for us and makes us able to do do more with the podcast
1: each Monday we have pet business coach Natasha O'Banion come on and answer a question so here is
0: today's question. walk through why we should even have insurance and does anyone actually use it
2: Yes 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 yes. You insurance is used. Um, I will tell you all my insurance stories. First of all, you have to have insurance because that's what makes you reputable. You are not a reputable business if you are not insured, if you don't have license, if you're not bonded. So where's my backing? How about you go into a car dealership and buy a vehicle and you say, okay, good wheels, have a good one. And there's no warranty. There's no protection. There's no human error. And so this job is very human error. Anything can happen, you know? Um, Two stories where I use my insurance. I was only in business for maybe a year. I think I just hit a year. I was on vacation. And one of my dog walkers um, came to the house. The owner put the harness and leash on. And she realized the owner put it on incorrectly. And I always talk about this too. Owners will start doing stuff that gets you off your groove, gets you off your game. And if you don't check it and stay on your protocol, stuff happens. So she realized the owner put the harness on incorrectly it was like an easy walker they flipped it from the chest part to the back you know that front lead back thing and she went into the lobby of the apartment to readjust the harness before going outside well someone opened the door the dog bolted out of the front lobby and got hit by a car I'm in Puerto Rico, hanging out with my family. Next thing you know, they're calling me saying, hey, this is what's going on. I'm like, okay, great. Send the client to the nearest vet. Follow our process procedure. I have full coverage insurance. Take my credit card from the business, pay the bill, and make sure the client is fully taken care of. So before this client even left any you know, vet or emergency room, all bills, everything was handled. All I did was simply forward that Quote from the vet to my insurance and I was reimbursed the same week. Now I could have waited and said, you know what? Put all the bills in. Our insurance is gonna reimburse us. We're gonna get we're gonna pay the bills within the same week anyway. Having that like the reimbursement is like I didn't lose anything. I put the card out, the insurance reimbursed me same week. No, like it was it was literally bada bing, bada boom. I was like, ah, oh, thank goodness. But can you imagine paying you know, a $6,000 vet bill by yourself? Can you imagine paying a $10,000 vet bill by yourself? Do you have that in your budget right now? Do you have that in your bank account? Can you imagine not getting that money back? So having your insurance is definitely worth it. I had another walker who was walking a big dog and a small dog. Well, obviously that's not my policy anymore, but the big dog ended up tripping over and landed on the small dog, broke the dog's femur. Guess what, had to use insurance again same situation we were able to take care of the client's uber bills we were able to take care i've sent her a stroller we paid all her vet bills and guess what we got fully reimbursed so do not run a business without insurance you're gonna need it things happen that you don't even think about and when they do you want to have protection for yourself and protection for your client You can hear
1: more from Natasha in her episode, which is episode 59. And if you would like her to be your personal pet business coach, you can go to StartScaleSale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our one-year episode today. (laughs) And we hope to have many more anniversaries to come. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. And we will talk to you again soon.
0: Thank you.